Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you to another episode. We are in episode 33 of Game Store Profits, the podcast where a couple guys get together to talk about geek stuff in correlation with God stuff. As you know, we're a bunch of geeks who love Jesus and we want to talk about all the different combinations therein. However, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it gives me great joy. To welcome back the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Navarro is back with us. Yay, I'm back. I, I, I am back on the show. I am back on the internets. Uh, I am back with technology. I am here, Mike Perna, and that means we're talking about geeks and God today. You know you've missed it. I have, man. It's okay. So here's the story, right? We just got to get this out. We got to explain why I've been gone for like what two months now. I, something I, like that. It's been a long time. I have been blaming it on computer gremlins for far too long. It's time we get the actual story of what went. All right, down. here here we go. So, uh, my computer pops up a warning, right? And it says, "Hey, your hard drive is failing." Well, that's nice, right? I mean, it's better to know that the hard drive is going to fail than it has failed already. Um, and so I, I decide, okay, I'm going to swap out the hard drive. Now, of course, in the old days, I would have done it myself. Except now I have an iMac. and I mean, it requires suction cups, okay? Suction cups. <laughs> now, I, I know I have a couple friends who've used plungers for it, but it, it just seemed like, I, you know what? I'm not breaking the thing. So we're going to hire somebody to do this. Now, of course, we have the Apple Store, right? I hate Apple Stores with a passion. Oh, see, that that's not – I'm not used to that for, for Apple geeks. Usually they're, they're drooling, like, viewing Apple Stores almost like temples. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's like walking in to computer stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, like – why do I have to stand in a line to get a specialist to help me buy a computer? I don't need help buying a computer. Okay, so I'm not going to go to Apple, pay their exorbitant rates, right? And there's a local shop just kind of opened maybe six months ago in town. You know how I feel about local shops. I love local shops. I want to support local people when I can. So I go to the local shop. The, uh, the tech's a pretty cool dude. Tells me, you know, no problem, we're going to get this switched out. I even bought the hard drive to replace it with. It wasn't going to cost very much. Great, we're going to get this thing fixed and move on with life. Well, ten minutes later, he calls me and he says, Hey, man, uh, I just want to let you know I pulled out the screen and the connector between the screen and the video card is stuck. Oh, that's that's never a good thing. And he's like, I, I stopped working, which that's cool, right? That's what he should have done. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just need you to know that if I pull this thing out, it's, there's a possibility I'm going to break your video card. So I said, all right, well, how much of the video card? He quoted me the price on the video card. I said, okay, well, look, here's what you do. Take it out very carefully. Take it out. And, uh, if it breaks, that's fine. I'll just order a new video card and you can put that in too. He says, okay. Uh, a while later. Uh, I get another call. You know what? It turns out the thing broke. Okay. Yeah, and sir, uh, I was wrong. It actually wasn't the video card connector. It was a mainboard connector. Ooh. I... 
So went back and forth with these people over and over again. Tech was really cool, really wanted to fix it, but the boss wouldn't let him. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, man, you guys broke this thing. They did they they did really poorly and uh, basically bricked my machine. So there's a period of time where I now have a bricked machine. I've got to decide about what I'm going to buy. Well, you know how the Apple world is. There's always rumors of what is coming. And uh, the fact of the matter is that the iMac, the current iMac that's in the store right now, is like three, two or three years old. And in computer terms, that might as well be Stone Age technology. So I, I didn't want to buy that. Um, do you know how hard it is to live on only a tablet and a smartphone? <laughs> It's ridiculous. Seeing, ridiculous. Seeing as from what I've heard, you guys live out in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure that would have been an interesting experience. Yeah, you know, it's a tough thing to do. Uh, and to top it off, while this is happening, I get a letter from my internet service provider. It says, hey, look, we are changing our technology in your area. You can no longer use the DSL that you've been using. You have to use our new fancy thing. But don't worry. We're going to make it cheap for you. You're just going to be faster and all of that. I figure, okay, well, this is a perfect time anyway. I don't even have a machine at the moment. Let's get this thing switched over. So they come and uh, they shut down my DSL, which they do a day and a half before the new thing is supposed to start. That was fun. And then... Just brutal, right? Brutal. It took two weeks. I stopped counting at 12 hours on the phone with customer service. Oh. Six different texts out to my house for a total combined five hours before we, because I, you know me, I'm totally a part of this process finally grok the problem and get this thing fixed well in the meantime i also bought another computer it's a little tiny thing it's going to be my secondary computer when i buy the new imac whenever that comes out but here i am i am back a month later uh having gone through a spiritual cleansing of sort (laughs) (laughs) or or at least an emotional cleansing of sort and uh back on the internet i have climbed the mountain and come down on the other side yeah and you know what? Uh, life without internet uh, and without computer sucks. I, I'm just there you go. <laughs> just putting I, that out there. Yeah, yeah. Fasting is fine, but when they make you do it, it's not fun anymore. See th- that uh, that there is that angle. There's the idea of I'm going to intentionally say for this period of time I'm going to do deal without this particular awesomeness in my existence. And then there's it was ripped from my hands, and I cannot know when it's coming back well and i will tell you what without a question the harder thing to lose was the internet well there's a level of connectivity that exists there that when you know it's it's crazy right like my printer doesn't work without the internet well it does but without a network connection my printer doesn't work right i you know all of these things uh As it happens, I'm also in the process of selling my house. Well, I don't know, uh, you know, anybody out there who's ever sold a house before knows that it requires an insane amount of paperwork. And 
you know, these days it, it's the guy sends you something, you print it out, you sign it, you scan it, you send it back. Oh, well, heck. You even... ever tried getting an email, printing it out, signing it, scanning it, and sending back with only an iPhone? Well, yeah, even when when, uh, when Susan and I got our apartment, there was an inordinate amount of stuff that had to be signed and forms that had to be sent to this guy and this guy and this guy. and Well, and nobody meets face-to-face to do that stuff anymore, and we all just email it back and forth. And, I mean, uh, just brutal. Trying to work on through the web interface on a smartphone, the web interface to a printer, I, it's, like, unbelievable. I, However... I did. Now, I don't know if it's proper to call it a hack. I don't think that it is. But I did do my first hack on a smartphone because of this situation. I had to... uh, Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was the other thing. On the same day my computer died, got in a car crash. Yay! (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you have to laugh because otherwise you'd just be crying. Yeah, and uh, I do have now a very excellent new car, but <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, yeah, new car, new computer, uh, new house coming. It's like a whole new life. <laughs> uh, same girl. But I had to, they sent me a PDF that I had to uh, fill out, print, and uh, and send back. Well, the thing is, is they sent me this PDF. It has a password. I don't know why it has a password, but it does. They told me what the password is. No problem, right? Well, here's the thing about PDFs. There are two passwords on every... Potential passwords on a PDF. There's the user password that says that, that anybody who doesn't have that password is not allowed to see this PDF. And then there's the owner password. And the owner password sets the things that you can do. Well, the idiot who sent me this thing set it as you are not able to print Oh this no! Document that I have to print and sign, and so I thought about this, and I'm like, okay, look, I could call them and try to explain to them that they print, they sent me an unprintable PDF. But you know what they would do? They would just send me the same file again, right? And I would have to call them again and try to explain to somebody who did this thing in the first place that they set this thing so that it couldn't print. When they probably don't even know that it's possible to set the thing so that it can't print. So basically, you're staring down the barrel of a, a, a never-ending loop of paperwork. And at the time, I only have an iPhone. Oh. <laughs> that, right? That, if I had a computer, this would be a piece of cake. That just hurts. <laughs> but it turns out I was able to find a uh, an iPhone app specifically designed to hack PDFs and make them printable. So that's kind of fun, but and, but uh, but so no one no one should have any sort of app of this nature because that would be wrong. Yeah, well, you know, it's I mean, I look anybody who thinks that the PDF is like the uh, the secure transfer document is wrong. <laughs> They're just wrong. So yeah, uh, haven't been uh, on the internet. Haven't had a computer for uh, quite a while now, and now I am back, and I am excited and. Yay! What you been doing? You've been you've been making podcasts that I can't listen to because I didn't have an internet. Connection. We have been making podcasts, dude. It's it was fun. Uh, my friend Brett was helping us out. We he kind of co- showed up, did a couple episodes with us, 
And uh, we've just been getting cool information and cool emails and all that stuff left, right, and sideways uh, just about stuff that is happening to, to GSP. It's It really is kind of cool. It, it you know, like Almost like when we started looking at our own server stats and started realizing, holy cow, people are actually listening to us. <laughs> it, I kind of had another couple of those moments because at one point... Um, we actually, ha- we actually kind of facilitated a meetup. Did you realize this? No, I didn't realize this. I, I think. Uh, well, uh, apparently in Baltimore, there was a, a book festival and apparently this is a big deal and lots of people go to it every year. And I, I get a, a message from one of our listeners. Uh, she kind of shows up all over the, the GSP, uh, Facebook site. And uh, her name's Heather. And Heather's like, hey, uh, T. Morris and Philippa Ballantyne, they had mentioned going to this Baltimore Book Festival on your show. Are they going to be there? And so I checked with T. And I'm like, yeah, they, they still plan on being there. So then the next, I, I completely forgot that that's, that conversation happened. I, I mean, it's the kind of thing that, you know, I'm just checking things out. And I just completely forgot. And all of a sudden I get a message from T. not too long ago saying, by the way, Somebody came and met up with me after my panel and in Baltimore and said they found out about me because of your podcast. You should keep doing what you're doing. So apparently out there, we're actually connecting people with other cool people via this podcast. That, that is awesome. So I was, I was really excited to hear that because that's ideally that's what we want to see happen. We want to see more of that stuff. And so it was really cool that that I got to 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 kind of sit back and realize like we're we're making connections here amongst people who wouldn't necessarily know each other other than this, through this. This crazy thing isn't just two guys rambling. It, yes, it's not just two guys rambling. It is it two is guys two guys rambling. rambling. But yeah, 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 yeah. But there's like value and purpose to this. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the other cool thing that this happened, this happened literally just a couple days ago from the time we're recording this. Um, I, I'm sitting on Facebook, you know, as one is wont to do, and, uh, I get a friend request and I'm like, I've never seen this name before a day in my life. Who is this? And it, it says, Derek White wants to be your friend. And I go, oh, who is Derek White? And I click on it. He's the geek preacher. The Geek Preacher is a guy who's, who I just got introduced, uh, our mutual friend and internet cohort, Kevin McGill, sent me this video and said, you should know about this guy. Nice. And who he is, is, is I don't know what his, if, he, if any, if he has any kind of official capacity, but at, I've seen videos from at least the past two years of Gen Con, which is the giant gaming convention like the tabletop gaming like this is where wizards of the coast fantasy flight all these these epic card game and board game people make their announcements is at gen con well luke i don't know about you but if you've ever been to a convention they usually end up being friday saturday and sunday half of sunday yeah right well this, you know, for guys like us, this can be a little bit of an annoying thing because we go to church on Sunday. Right. But we also want to, you know, not m- miss out on the cool epic stuff that happens at a convention. 
Derek White, the geek preacher, the past two years at Gen Con has led a service at Gen Con. So you can imagine this entire convention filled with geekery, gamingness, just just everything is oozing with gaming potential. And in one of the, the rooms in this exhibit hall is a man leading a church service. And and he has his messages on YouTube, and I would highly recommend checking them out. I, we have one of them on our Facebook page. And I'm I'm confident that I can find the the YouTube links where that uh, where he's got it posted and put it up on our page as well. And he does messages about you know the illustrations that he uses are straight out of geekiness. Like the one message I saw, he referenced the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Dungeons and Dragons as his sermon illustrations. I'm like this is nice. the, this is the greatest thing ever. Well, apparently, <laughs> well apparently. Derek White kind of stumbled on our site. Like I, 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 I wish I could claim that you know. Oh, I, I kind of went in and said, "Please check us out. We're awesome." But that that's not the case. If anything, the only thing I did was like I linked him on a couple of things that that uh, we were doing on Facebook. So he out of nowhere, I get this little message like like Oh yeah, he he cited your your Facebook page." And I go. Okay, so I, I click on it, and it's like, these guys are awesome, you should check these guys out, I'm listening to their podcast, I'm like, ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> to, to give you a, a, another kind of angle to how awesome this was in my own existence, I, I went looking on his, because you know, now we're Facebook friends, and so everything's happy and awesome, so I looked on his page, I did a little Facebook stalking, as one is wont to do when one gets new friends on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he has this link to a video of him sitting on a panel at, I don't, I forget what convention it was, but it's him sitting on a panel with the man, the myth, the legend, Gary Gygax. So it's it's him and it's Gary Gygax at the same this table. This dude is geek. Yeah. And this dude said, you guys should check these guys out. And Very cool. I'm just like, wow. That, that and Mike, you have found your dream job. That made my oh my goodness! I I looked I looked at this video and I said, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that a loud, outspoken, you know, kind of you know, a studly looking dude, but a little on the heavier side, goatee, rocking a fedora, is out there using geek illustrations to talk about Jesus? I'm like, and he's like, he's in the one video. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm 42 years old. I'm like, oh my goodness, is time travel real? And this is me from 10 years in the future. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it, it's great. I, I'm looking forward to, to more interaction. He's going for his, his doctorate right now. And you were talking about hero with a thousand faces and the idea of, of myth and the nature of, uh, the nature of, of the overarching myth structure in the, in the, the gospels. And I'm like, ah, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> so yes, Derek, if you're listening to this one, thanks for endorsing us. Cause that's kind of awesome. Speaking of, uh, you know, the uh, you, you mentioned he was going for his doctorate, and uh, I've been doing a little bit of study lately. I had what I think you might call a Christian geek moment recently. Oh? And I, I, 
And I realize that it's something we've never talked about on the show. So back when I was in school, um, and I don't remember whether it was when I was in seminary or when I was in Bible college, but uh, my, for both of us now, this is getting to be a, kind of a while ago. Yeah, I just did that math a while ago, and I'm, I wasn't yeah, happy right. with it. It, it. it wasn't recent. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and as a student, uh, and, and where we happened to go to school, we both went to a seminary called Dallas Theological Seminary, a very academic school. I think that's fair. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so at the time, I was using a, uh, a pretty intense piece of Bible software uh, that I, I think was called Lebronix at the time, but it might have been Logos and using the Lebronix engine. I, I don't remember. Um, but I've been doing a, a little bit of, of deeper level study, and I was wishing that I had this software again. And the reason I, drew, I stopped using the software, by the way, is because I switched to Mac. And they don't have a Mac version, or they didn't have a Mac version. Now they do. Now they do. So the way this this software functions is there is a basic underlying engine, but then you purchase uh, resources, books, tools, maps, um, I, what I don't remember what else, but a, a whole lot of stuff. I mean, a whole lot of stuff, like stuff you would never even imagine you could you can buy as a resource for this program. Well, as a student, I had bought a lot. And I just kind of assumed that that was going to be gone. So I figure, why not? I'm going to give these guys a call. So I call the company. They ask my name, you know, just hello. You know, I'm Hunter. I'm the tech support guy. And uh, what's your name, sir? And my name's Luke Navarro. He says, hey, Mr. Navarro, did you ever have a net zero email address? Oh, my goodness. Net zero. Net zero. And I went. You know, I did. Uh, I didn't remember having that email address, but now that you mention it, uh, I, I did. And he said, do you have any guess what that email address would be? And I said, yeah. And so I told him the email address. He said, I see, uh, Mr. Navarro, that you've also started a new account under a new email address with us. Yeah. So, well, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move all of your old resources onto your new account. I didn't even ask him the question. Nice. That's amazing to me. That's the – and look – this is a Christian company, and we've talked about Christian companies on this show. They rock. Yes. Okay? They rock, and their software is awesome. And so, man, I, you know, maybe we've talked about, like, Bibles on iDevices and, and smartphones and stuff like that, but I, I think it's an interesting topic to think. Do you use Bible study software? I, I do on occasion. Mostly, I don't really use software anymore, mostly because of the fact that when all you guys were fun and buying the Epic Logos software, I had a poor man's version of Logos that didn't do any of that and was like three books and I, it was way too expensive to buy more. So what I often use is uh, a website, and we'll totally link this website because if you don't know about it, you should. Uh, Bible Gateway is right. an amazing resource for guys on the go. Like I've often found myself going, what is that passage again? I know it's this, but I can't remember the reference. Get out Bible Gateway, type it in. Oh, it's this reference. It's uh, an amazing little quick tool for finding stuff. Yeah, well, and I think it's a really important tool for Christians to know about. Um, and there's there are several of these. Bible Gateway, Bible.org, which uh, it was sort of, I don't know if it's still run, but it was started by some of the people that uh, 
um, also teach at the seminary where we went to. Yes. Um, and uh, let me throw out another one. It's called Biblia, and it is Logos as a website. Nice. And it's probably like 50 or 100 resources for free. So you're going to get all kinds of different Bibles, uh, translations, but you're also going to get a couple commentaries. You're going to get a couple of language tools. Uh, you're going to get maybe a couple of devotionals. And and that's really, really cool. Uh, I mean, some of this stuff, 10, 12, 16 years ago when I was in school, I mean, you had to really work hard to find and to use. And now it's like literally right there. Well, yeah, and not only, not only did you have to have try and find it, you had to make sure, you know, okay, I found this one. Is it any good? Is the scholarship valid? You know, you finally right. get your hand. And it's 120 bucks. Exactly. You <laughs> finally get your hands on one and you're just like, okay, now pay me $300. Uh, what? <laughs> right, and, and right now we only have, uh, you know, Luke and Acts, and if uh, you want anything else, well, sorry. Right. Um. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think most people at this point, if you're carrying a smartphone, you're probably carrying a Bible around with you. And a lot of the smart, I, I use a, a smartphone app. It's just called um, the U version. Uh, it's really nice. It does that kind of quick search thing uh, that is really helpful. You know, you, you kind of, oh, what was that verse like you were talking about? But I think that if you if you try out some of these other tools, if you try out Biblia, it really does uh, allow you to do word studies and allow you to see the structure of the passage a little bit more. If, if people want to kind of geek out a little bit more on scripture, um, it's a really cool way to do it. And as a couple guys who spent a, a large amount of time in higher education tr- figuring out how to do this, I have often said, is it required of you to, no. to understand, understand the Bible? No, it really isn't. Because especially because anymore you can get 15 commentaries that will tell you that in the Greek it means this and whatever. But there's just a level of understanding. There's an idea of of idiomatic speech and I'm going to dig into this and this is what it translates as, but this is what it literally says. There's, There's all sorts of depth of realization and understanding that can come when you can get to this level. It, it's like, you know, to kind of equate to, to geek fandom, you don't need to know every person who's ever touched this, who, you know, who could have played this in the TV remake, but it, it kind of helps kind of foster that, that epic level right. of understanding of a thing. All right. So the, uh, let me give you an example. I'll tell you what I was studying this week that, that inspired me to go and see if this software was still available. Uh, you know me, I love stories, and one of the things I, uh, I love, what, what I actually focused my study on, uh, one of the two things I focused my study on when I was in seminary, is uh, Bible backgrounds and customs. Mm. Um, but one thing that I realized that I was sort of woefully lacking on uh, was the background and customs outside of the Hebrew culture i mean i i i studied everything there was to know uh, that we do know about what it would have been like to be an ancient israelite but i didn't know much about what it would be like to be an ancient canaanite or an ancient assyrian or an ancient babylonian and so i've been doing some research on that now 
Do you need to do that to be a good Christian? Not at all. Are you a better Christian if you do? Not at all. But if you're a nerd and you just like understanding things, and that makes you feel connected to the scriptures and connected to God, it's cool. You know, these are the kind of tools that you can really geek out on God if that's your thing. And and really, that's a lot of what we do here. It's it's taking things to that next level of of fandom, and and in a way, you know, we kind of mentioned that in a past episode. The idea of can you be a fan of God? At, you know, put that kind of intense love affair with stuff that we have, and say, I'm going to use that kind of same passion, that kind of same excitement, but I'm going to do it for how I serve God. And a lot of that comes from digging deeper, kind of finding that next level that that not necessarily everyone's going to know about. But at the same point, that informs so much because you start looking at, oh, you know, they, they were saying not to be like this, but this is how they were doing their their life. This is how they existed because stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, we kind of, uh, uh, wow, it's been a while. A number of episodes ago, we talked about, you know, DC... Uh, understanding of scripture versus a Marvel understanding, and the DC one says these are the, this is this is what a guy looks like, and he's perfect and wonderful and spectacular, except for the villains. The villains are the epitome of evil and awfulness. Whereas a Marvel understanding looks at it, and go the good guys were dealing with crap, and they had to deal with their own issues, and they're trying to do it right even when things look like like garbage. And I think, you know, the more we take that understanding of Scripture, the more we get just a level of, of understanding that that applies to us. Because this was not a, a clean book, as in, you know, it, it, right. it's like that, I, yeah. it's like that quote from, uh, from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, he's good, but he isn't safe. And I think, I think there's, uh we're kind of getting back to the idea that if you look at what the Bible says, it's not going to be clean because you know, we're, we're not called to that. We're called to, we're called to holiness, not, you know, whitewashed cleanliness. And sometimes, sometimes holiness hurts. (laughs) Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, we try so much to make scripture this, Clean, simple, straightforward, perfect thing. And it isn't. It's not. <laughs> it's so not. Um, and, and, it, and I'm not even talking necessarily about the, the content of the stories. Uh, I'm talking about uh, when, you, when you look and see what was happening in, in the life of the Israelites and, and then also in the life of the, the apostles later. Th- these were people who, who lived just like we live amongst a culture, amongst many cultures, in fact, and they were influenced in ways that maybe they didn't even realize, just like we're influenced in ways we don't realize by the people around us and by the just the, the times, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I commented earlier on the episode by how messed up my life was not having internet for a couple of weeks. Uh, that, that, believe it or not, that shapes how we understand God. Right. The fact that we're so connected and we have this sort of moment to moment, we're always on Facebook, we're always on this, that's going to change the way we theologize. And it will continue to do that over time. And, 
you know, we try to go back and pretend like the things that happened in Scripture were the pure form. It was, it was without any of the any influence, and it was exactly the way that everything was supposed to be. Well, no, it's not. Well, there's just screwed up people doing stupid things, just like we are. There's there's plenty of people that you know talking about influences. There's plenty of people who will look at the way you know modern American faith kind of you know displays itself. And there have been some people who will tell you that the the way that modern American the viewpoint sees church sees God is affected almost as much by the Platonic ideal than it is uh, anything that's taught in Scripture. The idea that that Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates and their understanding of philosophy rocked so much of of the how we do things the 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 pragmatic this is how this is how it's done and i'm just you know we're we're looking at a platonic ideal we want to do that we want to say that our heroes are our heroes our villains are our villains and and everything happens in a vacuum of you know untouched holiness that's not how it happened No, it's not. And the, the more that we study that, the more that we uncover that, the more that we share that, the more we're able to see it in our own lives, in our own world. Oh my, so I upgraded my Bible software today, and or actually a couple of days ago. Uh, it's pretty cool, you know, when you think about it, that I was using this software 15 years ago. And I'm able to get an updated version today. I still have the same experience with that software. Mike, I also upgraded another piece of software today that I used probably 15 years ago, maybe even 20. I I just looked back on some of our old catalog and we're sitting there going, yeah, it would be like seeing a new XCOM game. It would be like seeing a new XCOM game. And we have lived to see the day. (laughs) Yes! Uh, we, I have just purchased today, literally, I, I was catering a wedding today, and on my way home, I was going to pick up the kids, uh, they were hanging out with friends. <laughs> I was today. going to pick up the kids, but then I decided, nah, let's pick up XCOM instead. <laughs> you know, there was a GameStop between me and the kids. <laughs> I mean, I didn't put the GameStop there, it just happened to be there. I'm choosing to believe this is a sign from God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Siri, where is the nearest GameStop? <laughs> uh, and so I, I went in, uh, I picked it up. Uh, I, obviously, I am not going to be playing XCOM while my children are awake and in the house. Uh, so I, I only got a little bit of it uh, going today. I played for maybe an hour uh, before getting ready to record with you, dude. Okay, so we have said so often about remakes. That what we want out of the remake is a great game that makes us feel the way we did when we played it the first time around. There needs to be some kind of nostalgia factor while at the same point bringing in something new. Right. This so feels like XCOM. It's, I, I mean, it's almost hard to describe why. Folks, if you don't know what XCOM is, maybe you're younger than we are, or... Uh, or just maybe not a gamer. Um, in the, I think probably, I should have looked this up. Uh, maybe ninety somewhere in there. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, XCOM came along. It was a, a turn-based isometric strategy game. 
Uh, and the idea of the game was that aliens are invading the planet and this special unit of troops uh, have to go and defeat the aliens. Well, that's, you know, fine and good, right? But what was interesting about it was as you killed aliens and you collected their bodies and their little bits of their weapons that you might be able to find, you would be able to research and develop new tools and, uh, you know, you would be given choices. You know, there's an alien attack in China and there's an alien attack in Southern America. Which one are you going to go to? And how and all of these things and how you make these choices play out. Well, this game, I mean, not only does it have those same game mechanics, um, but there's just something about the presentation of the game, uh, the way the story's told, even the way the art is drawn, that kind of just, I mean, it's so just thrown in the face of modern gaming. And says, you know what? This is about game mechanics and game mechanics alone. Which, and our game mechanics are freaking awesome. Which is interesting because even the last time they tried to make an XCOM game, they took XCOM, which is all about strategy and figuring things out and and putting all all the, the right people in the right places to do things and, and resource management and all that. And they made it a first-person shooter because that's the way video games have been going lately. So it's, right. it's it's interesting to see that they're they're actually going saying you know what we're going to go back. Well, and it makes it a game, a game, right? I, I mean, I love Skyrim. I love uh, you know Naughty Dog games or uh, uh, Brains Dying. Who does uh, Grand Theft Auto? Uh, Rockstar. Uh, Rockstar. Love Rockstar games uh, that are immersive and that that tell you a story. I'm not so into the you know Call of Duties that are just these wild adrenaline rushes, uh, but I get why people would be. Um, the this just says no. You know what? This is about a game. I mean, it's a it's as close to that old like almost board game ish. Uh, I mean, I tell you what, if you could build a D&D game using this model, it would be amazing. Uh, just so pure about, you know what, look, there there is a skin on this, and, and we all recognize there's a skin on this, but the skin is not the important bit. It's cool, it's fun, but it's about the strategy and the game, and... Man, I, I I did not realize how much I'd missed that until, like, ten seconds into playing. You're just like, oh, this is pressing a button that I haven't had pressed in a long time. Well, there, there's something to be said about about going back and, and going into the things that we used to really enjoy and used to really love. That's why I'm waiting for the day when we can get back to the day and age of the, the turn-based role-playing game where you actually build your own party, where you're not handed a handful of cookie cutter characters but you actually get to make your own party because that was that was wow yeah i can't even think of a game that's done that in a long time because everything's all you know cinematics driven it's all cinematics driven and you can't do a movie with characters that are written on the fly it's impossible to do that and because everything's so cinematics driven you're not going to see that but i there's you have no idea the kind of love I, I'm looking for an indie game to show up and be like, "Hi, remember Final Fantasy One, 
where you got to pick who was in your party and you just went through the, the world adventuring. I want to regain that. I I totally agree. I I mean, it seems so simple, and there's even a part of me as I'm playing this game that's like, wow, is this all it's going to be? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I mean, I acknowledge that it's very different than what we're used to getting, but it's it's fun in a way, and you know what? It's hard. I would imagine. Because it's not about, oh, let's just have this experience. Oh, let's just get through it. Oh, there's no fail states. Uh, dude, when your guy dies and you've already spent, you, you know, and you've got to have now replace that guy with a rookie who sucks. Yep. And this guy's had upgrades and he had equipment and he had, you're like, oh, that's, that is a loss. And the closest thing I can compare it to is good board games. Yes. You know, good board games are, you know, they have that, that perfect mix of simplicity and strategy and risk reward. The the only th- the, the the kind of gap bridging moment I can have there is I kind of mentioned it the first time I was t- talking with Brett. There's a, a computer game out there that which is a rendition of a board of a tabletop. I want to call it a war game kind of situation. It's called Blood Bowl. It's basically what happened if. Oh. The, what happened if the Warhammer 40k guys decided we're not we're not going to conquer the universe right now? We're going to play a game of football. Is there a new Blood Bowl video game? Oh yeah, there've been a couple okay. of them. Yeah, a long time ago. No, they just came out with a new one. I picked it up for ten dollars. Okay. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, the and because there've been there's an, a campaign setting where you go from stadium to stadium, playing different teams and playing in different leagues. And if you're like three le- you know, three things into your campaign and you have this awesome superstar who's like the lead guy in your team and all of a sudden you start playing like a team where there's an ogre and the ogre just squishes him and he dies. There's no undo button on that. Your guy is dead now. Your superstar player is no longer there. And you have to go off to recruit yourself a new guy. Yeah, you know, and it, it is. It's like the tabletop war game. Once that, once that character comes off the board, well, I mean, well maybe you have a resurrection spell of some kind. But in general, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how much you want to retcon, uh, it you know, it's gone. That piece is gone for that day. And you know, one of the things I think that's interesting about XCOM, I, I haven't quite, I haven't played it enough, but I get the feeling. Uh, all of the language in the game, kind of the instructions and even the menu language and stuff like that, uh, implies that you're going to do this more than once. Mm. Because it's a game. And you play games more than once. You know, I've played more than one game of basketball in my life. Right. Right? Uh, you know, I, I, I my children play tic-tac-toe over and over and over again, even though it only ends up in cats games every single time, unless... One of them gets distracted by the TV. Uh, you know, games are meant to be played over and over again. Well, the, most of our video games now, like, I don't want to play them over again. Right. You know, it's it's the rare exception, other than maybe sports games, it's, but it's the rare it's, exception. It's why I that, haven't bought a new console game in ages. 
Right. It's because most of them, they're, they're looking for you to play this game once and then be done. And I go, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I totally get you. And so this is this is retro. This is... Uh, and maybe if you are younger than we are, play this game. Because you're going to kind of see a little bit of what one type of game that we played when we were kids. Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned the... Uh, the sort of gold box version of the games. Right. Um, those were old D&D games. Uh, th- those kind of things, I mean, they're gone. You might get them in an indie game, but it's just gone. And it's so cool to see somebody step up, and of course it's Firaxis who does it, uh, and says, we're going to make this game the way it used to be. And they really and truly did it, and that's really cool. And I love it so much, and I've only played for like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and see, there, there's that kind of thing with with games, and and there's... I, I've been... I spent my time today as when I, while I was at work listening to a bunch of... You know, I often listen to podcasts to kind of make the day go by. And I started... I found myself listening to a bunch of the of TED Talks. And TED is awesome. If you don't know what TED is, I don't. I don't even know what the acronym stands for. But it's basically. I have no idea what the acronym stands for. <laughs> it basically, it basically is an organization of the best and brightest in every field, like sciences, mathematics, entertainment, you know, writing, every everything. And they say we're gonna give you anywhere between five minutes to the bigger ones get like. 20 minutes to just talk about whatever you want. You have earned the right to stand before an audience and say whatever you want. And then every year they give away a prize that there's some kind of committee or something that says this person spoke amazing things. We're going to give you a grant to just make something awesome happen. I've been listening to a bunch of Ted talks lately about the nature of play about about gaming and how that influences people's lives, about the nature of play and how it helps people develop. <clears throat> and I have to say that it it's really interesting to you know talk about all this old school stuff, talk about stuff we you know plan on doing in the future. I, I'm really intrigued by the idea that that gaming can be used to impact culture, can be used to impact people and and to do something good. Like, I'm sick and tired of people saying that, that gaming is a waste of time. And now, granted, I'll, I'll totally do this because there will be somebody who will yell at me for that. It can be. For sure. Just like anything can be. Well, there's nothing necessarily wrong with things that are a waste of time. Right. As, as long as there is value in that. If, as long as there's time to waste. Right. If, if, you're, if you're just doing nothing but gaming, then you you need to step away but i came up with this idea and and really this this idea has been planted in my head so thoroughly that i I, i've pretty much gotten the idea that it must be from god we'll see if that continues if doors start opening and everything because right now it's still in that larva stage of i have an idea and i've mentioned this idea to people and they like it and they want to help um i came up with this idea about 
You know, have you ever heard of the organization Thirty Hour Famine? We've mentioned it here. We've mentioned it a couple yeah, places. I uh, I led a bunch of them when I was a youth pastor. Well, Thirty Hour Famine, for those of you who might not know, is uh, they do they basically help people do fundraisers to raise money to help people who are in need, especially with uh, you know starving nations and things like that. And what happens is is that people raise support. Like, they'll say, like, if you, can you give me, like, 25 cents for every hour, I'm not, you know, not eating. And they'll go on a fast for 30 hours. And all the money raised while they're not eating and doing these cool little activities goes to help people who are starving get food. Well, I kind of had the idea of what if we did that with games and, and our geekiness? Uh, I I can't shut up about the awesomeness that is Child's Play lately. Um, I think they're doing an amazing job. Uh, Childsplaycharity.org, I want to say, is their website. Uh, I wanted to do something that said, you know what, I, I want to help these guys do what they do. And so I thought about, what if we took that idea, that understanding of do something for a long stretch of time and get people to support you and that money goes to charity? So I said, what if we got a bunch of guys together and gamed, like old school, tabletop, board game for 24 to 30 hours? And and we all got sponsors and we all raised money and all that money went to Child's Play. I love it. And, I don't live anywhere near you, so that sucks. Well, and that's the thing. And and Luke, much like when we got this together, we, we thought about the immediate goal and the dream big goal. And for this, it was the our immediate goal was we just want to do a cool podcast where we talk about geeks and God. Our, our dream big was someday we're going to plant a church where we're going to... <laughs> I, I like doing that. And sometimes the big goal comes together and sometimes it doesn't. But... My immediate goal is this event. My my long-term goal is to come up with this understanding of planting this sort of... Almost like 30-Hour Famine started out as an event, which became a thing. I, I wanted the idea of, of let's make gaming and the stuff that most people think might be a waste of our time, which it's not. I'll say that 16 times to Sunday. What if we focus that? And harness that energy that we have gaming and doing stuff like that to make a positive impact. Take this stuff that's a hobby of ours and even a distraction of ours and say, I'm going to harness that to do good. And so, I I mean, I've been coming up with all this stuff. I've, I've referred to it. I've referred to my pseudo organization, my non-organization organization as Reclamation Gaming. Uh, reclaiming, <laughs> reclaiming the idea of play, and uh, yeah, I you know it's it's the idea of taking we we kind of took a, a with, in regards to Bible study we were talking earlier about taking our geek tendencies and and pointing it at something and focusing it on something to get a new depth of understanding of who God is. I think that we can do this with our geek stuff too. We can take this geek passion and focus it. And, and harness that to really make an impact in the lives of people. I love it. I, I really do. I hear, I have a request. Okay. That at some point during this, this, uh, this 
tabletop experience that maybe just one you throw in a little bit of uh, either maybe Xbox Live or on a tablet or something like that. Just just one, you know, Small World or Carcassonne or uh, Catan or something like that so I can play with you. <laughs> well, you know, that's the kind of thing that can happen because they do have a lot of tabletop games that are making their way to different uh, gaming situations. Like, we've often talked about the fact that we've played Settlers of Catan on Xbox. Um, Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride Ticket, is everywhere. Ticket to Ride is everywhere. I just saw uh, somebody... Including Target, by the way. Yes. Totally weird. Somebody has taken the uh, the old... Because uh, I'm a, a real big fan of, um, of Lovecraftian horror. Somebody has taken the old Elder Sign game and made it available on Android and iOS. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know, have, Luke, have you ever experienced something like that, that idea of, of taking our geek and, and using it? You know, in a way, I kind of have, and I have, I have sort of recently, um, you know, actually two things come to mind. Uh, some of you may know that the reason that this show came about was because Mike was a co-host on my other podcast that I haven't been doing for quite a while because I didn't have a computer or internet, um, called Guys Can Read. Uh, we love speculative fiction, and we believe speculative fiction has value. It's fun. It's cool to just waste your time with, but I think that it really can. You you were talking about, you know, the value of myth and and all of that earlier, and and I think that it can have great value. Well, one of the things that uh, sort of spun off of that is a thing called boys can read, where we've done a number of events specifically targeting uh, junior high boys and encouraging them to read. And my role in that is to help them connect video games to reading. And so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of those things where as a grown-up adult who wants to make a positive impact in the world, I can take the things that I love and share them with a kid. And it doesn't have to be a kid, but... uh, in my world, it tends to be because I have kids, uh, and and do something cool with that. Uh, I, I'll tell you the the one thing that is very sort of upfront and personal for me at the moment is the organization 4H. Uh, because your your we, girls are getting into 4H, right? They are. Uh, my oldest is. Um, you have to be nine to be in 4H proper, and she's turning nine here in a couple of days, and. Uh, You've often said that I live in the middle of nowhere. I do. I live in a relatively rural area. Where and... 4-H thrives. Yeah, that's right. But it, it's everywhere. I mean, it's not just in rural areas. No, but no. I, I live in New Jersey, and there's an active 4-H co- contingent uh, he, here. You know, the uh, it, it is a different kind of organization, though. Uh, you know, when I heard about it, I was like, okay, well, it's like Boy Scouts for country people. Uh, but really, that's not what it is. It's about skill teaching. Mm. And so there's all of these skills. And they really do run the gambit. And the whole point of it is adults who geek out on something teach kids to geek out on that thing. Right. And in the process, those kids develop life skills and character development and leadership development. But we're talking about, like, rocketry and... uh, cooking and, and you know stuff that's 
It's just stuff that you happen to like. In fact, you can basically do anything that you like and turn it into a 4-H thing. Uh, And so, yeah, you know, I definitely think that we can take our geekiness and use that for good. And we could also use it for the kingdom. Oh, uh, that that's a big thing for me right now, uh, especially because there's so much out there that wants to say that, that gaming is is not worthwhile. Uh, you know, it, it it's one thing when, you know, somebody looks at your passion, your hobby and says, says what you're doing is is worthless. And, you know, you don't want to hear that. And so there's obviously there's there's that level of backlash from me. But there's also this idea that. I you know there's a reason why I like it the way I do. There's there's a reason why there's this kind of love for for gaming and for games and stuff like that. And you know, I it's nice that I you know, I almost wanted to you know, we talked about comic books and I'll I'll often tie things in my existence to to comic book understandings. And uh I I'm going to use the Uncle Ben line. I'm going to use the Uncle Ben line. This is a Peter Parker moment. With great power comes great responsibility, and you know I, I I want to say that there is a lot of power that can be found in the the sort of passion we throw at our geeky pursuits and our geeky hobbies, and you know it's I I think that if there's one thing that I want to challenge everybody with this episode, it's the idea that you know we have a lot of untapped resource there in our geekiness, and we spend a lot of time not using that to its full potential. We're just kind of letting it sit there about, you know, I can quote every line from, I mean, the, the Princess Bride just turned 25, and I can quote that movie Six Ways to Sunday. You know, we just kind of let that sit there. But She looks good for 25. She does, doesn't she? <laughs> uh, I do have that Blu-ray, by the way, sitting about a foot away from me. So the The 25th anniversary edition? No, I don't think it's a 25th anniversary edition. Oh, because they, they they most certainly released the 25th anniversary edition, and I was really tempted to buy it. <laughs> uh, you know, I I, I I I don't you couldn't be more right. You know, whether you're geeking out on scripture, you know, we talked about that in this episode, or whether you are geeking out on fill in the blank board games, video games, uh role-playing, just fill in the blank, you know, we talked about 4-H, raising animals, whatever it is. Uh, You know, I really do believe that God wants all of these skill sets to be used for his glory. And that doesn't mean that we have to necessarily turn it into uh, a a ministry or turn it into uh, an evangelistic task it just means that we do it for his glory however that might happen to look and you know i certainly think playing board games to help kids who are sick and sad and bored out of their mind in the hospital is playing board games to god's glory and man i think that's an awesome idea so yeah if if anything comes from that i'm sure i'll be talking about it on here i'm sure that uh, you know, I have I've my head is swimming with ideas that I'm currently kind of gathering my team, as it were. You know, much like you know, you, the A team doesn't happen overnight. You have to gather your team. 
Uh, you know, talk about XCOM. I am, you know, bringing my guys together before we go out on our mission. Right. Yeah. But when that when that comes together, I'm sure I'll be talking about it on here. I'll probably have things like I'll probably set up a website. We'll probably set up a PayPal account. So if, for those of you who want to support what we're doing but can't get out to uh, to actually be a game you know, to come and game with us, you can kind of donate. There's all sorts of, I have, I have all sorts of ideas that who knows if they'll come into fruition. Um, like, like let's stream the event. Let's do a live stream of the event so you can see what we're playing. There's all sorts of ideas in my head, but, uh, yeah. Well, it's very cool. And folks, we want to know from you as well. Absolutely. You know, what are you doing with your geekiness to the glory of God? You know, and I'll tell you, the coolest thing about this show is finding out that, you know, is, is these chance encounters with the geek preacher who I didn't know about. Yeah, until now Kevin, there's some... until Kevin sent me that video, I'd never heard of him before, but this guy is leading services at Gen Con. And I think that's the coolest thing running. So now I get to find out about this guy and, and all of these little connections that are happening. We want to know, we want to know what thing you're doing to pass on your geekiness to the next generation or to, you know, just improve somebody's life in your community or to reach out to somebody and tell them about Jesus. Uh, how are you doing that? And we definitely would love for you to share that with us. Uh, share it with us on the website, share it with us on the Facebook site. And, uh, you know, let's, we always try to remind you guys that this is not about two people talking into a microphone. No. It's about a community of people who believe deeply uh, in, in God and yet also are geeks and just proud of it and love being geeks. And and we are still pushing. And I, I'm still going to, you know, I, I it's funny because I, I did tend to, Luke, I'm just going to say, I did tend to, like, make announcements about stuff before I ran it by you because you were off in non-internet land. Um, but I did have the idea of like, like, like maybe if we get a hundred people on our Facebook by the end of the year, we do something. I still haven't All said right. what that something is, but I think that we should because I, I, I want to see that community grow. And I, I started saying things like maybe, you know, if, if we get that hundred fan mark, like obviously we're not about the numbers here. We're not about, you know, like, like let's have one more chorus of justice. I am until we get another fan. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're not about numbers here, but at the same point, numbers are a gauge that, that show us that people are listening. And Luke and I don't do this for our job. So this is something that we're doing out of our passion, which means that we have to carve time out. So it's doing things like setting up forums and then moderating those forums. This is extra time. But at the same point, it's that time would we will both... I'm pretty confident that I can say this for both of us. We would be willing to put that time in if it helps you guys do what you do. For sure. So if if we get that 100 fan mark, 100 fans by the end of this calendar year, we'll look into stuff like that. We want to expand and do cool stuff to, to facilitate this community, to facilitate this, hey, yeah, you know, you're from this part of the country and you're from this part of the country, but we're here right now and and hey, we both do we're both connected to this podcast. Like we want to facilitate that kind of stuff. We want to facilitate gaming meetups and and you know, stuff like that. So 
we we want to know that you guys are out there. We want to to foster this community. Get on the Facebook page. Drop us a line. Uh, GameStoreProfits at gmail.com. The more we hear from you guys, the more likely that we're going to be able to do cool stuff with this podcast and with our website. So definitely, Absolutely. definitely hook us up with some some stuff. We also we always say it uh, every time we we put it out there that we would be happy to talk about whatever you guys want us to talk about. Right now, Luke and I just kind of riff back and forth about what we want to talk about in a given episode. If there's something that you want us to address, let us know, and we will do that. Absolutely, and you can put that on the Facebook page. Uh, you can contact us directly. A lot of fans just just prefer to hit us on Twitter or uh, on Facebook, and, and that's cool too. Uh, you know, if you don't want to necessarily post your stuff out there and start a conversation publicly, yeah, just tell us, and and we'll uh, we'll work it in to the show. Man, uh, it is good to be back on the internet. Good <laughs> to be podcasting with you again, my friend. It is a pleasure. I, I was I uh, was talking to Susan earlier. I go, we're getting the band back together. <laughs> uh, and folks, uh, you know, we we talked. Mike mentioned uh, that that uh, this is a passion for us. Let me just tell you, it's one thirty in the morning for Mike. Oh, come just on now. That. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just remember that. Uh, so folks, uh, Mike, how can folks find out uh, a little bit more about you? Well, much like you had kind of an internet purge, I'm in the middle of one. Uh, mm -hmm. This happened mostly due to the fact that they were they were going to ask me for more money regarding my archived story site, and I don't have that oh. money. Uh, that sucks. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, it it costs money to put things on the interwebs. And so, yes, it does. <laughs> and and so I had to start reevaluating whether or not it was worthwhile. And I realized that not that many people were reading it anymore. And in even even as an archive for my stories, my stories that I'm writing that were inspired by that one year blogging experience, the story has changed. Like it's not like that anymore. Things that I was doing there, I'm changing characters, I'm changing timeline. So it's not even really a fair representation of that anymore. So I'm just kind of letting that slip. So for right now, TinkerStory.com is still a thing, but I think come next month it won't be a thing. So, you know, enjoy it while you can, but but that's going to fall off. Uh, I am still the guy who, who uh, reads the, the Game Store Profits email, GameStoreProfits at gmail.com. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Shadow of Cyrano. Uh, I also do kind of an overflow blog for this that gets sporadically, if something, if something that Luke and I talk about doesn't really fit in the podcast or it doesn't really fit the time frame or what we're talking about, I throw it on there. It's perception-check.com. And you can also be, you know, I'll, I'm sure there will be something about this whole reclamation gaming. I even made a logo for it because that's the kind of nerd I am. Um, I'm sure that will be a thing and I'll let you know about that when it, when it hits, but right now that's still in limbo. So that's where that's at. Luke, what about you? How can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Luke Navarro and, uh, you can, the best way though, is just to go to facebook.com slash game store profits and talk to us there and, you know, 
if you if you want to talk to one of us directly or you have an issue with something we said or or if we said something wrong or uh, we do that that happens oh man (laughs) this is not like it's edited okay folks we just talk um and you know we probably got uh, the date of XCOM wrong and and that's kind of thing sorry uh, but if you'd like to let us know, then you're welcome to. And uh, the best place to do that is facebook.com slash game store profit. Tell Mike. your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, please do. It's been a while. Yeah, Luke, you, I have got- I'm about to say, I've been saying it a couple times and I love saying it. But at the same point, there's something about that Luke Navarro radio voice that needs to send us home. It's been far too long for, since I've heard this. you got to say the tagline. Just make it happen. All right, everybody, please remember that God is the Game Master, and no matter how those dice fall, the game plays on. Lovely.